Welcome into the Dynasty Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Podcast Network. I am your host, Anthony Carrenti, joined by my co-host today, the FF educator, Matt Hicks. Everybody else bailed. We called in the big dog. That's called the that's called the two for one trade. All right. That's how you package <laughs> up. All right. You're taking two middling dynasty assets and you're getting a solid weekly contributor to your lineup. Well, good move, Anthony. Yeah, you know, well, a move had to be made. Eric, sick, totally understandable. Put him on IR. He's out for the season. Ryan just decided he had friends he liked better than us. So, uh, yeah. Ryan's like Devontae Adams. He just hasn't shown up for the last (laughs) month. We we know he's been a great asset in the past, but, like, what's going on? (laughs) Well, on today's show, we've uh, we've got some fun to get into. We're going to compare... Incoming rookies from the 2024 class to some current dynasty assets. Play a little who'd you rather have. And uh, yeah, we'll cover all the position groups, hit some of the hot names and see what we like. But before we get into it, we got to remind you about the ridiculous value of being a rookie big board patron. We were just talking about it before we started recording. Draft season is right around the corner. Patrons have access to the dynasty and Debbie big board consensus crew rankings, the 2024 rookie big board and full access to the Rookie Big Board Discord. You can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookiebigboard for just 5 bucks a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. Much cheaper than whatever Foss is spending at the dinner he chose to go to tonight uh, rather than coming on this podcast with his dear friends. So uh, Cheaper than whatever Chili's appetizers he's buying. <laughs> I hope he got that. an egg roll. I hope you got the sizzling fajita plate. That's a, I hope you're enjoying your sizzling fajita plate, Foss. He does seem like a sizzling fajita guy, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I hope he I hope he burns his finger on that plate. He's uh, like, I won't can... go to the steakhouse, but I will spend up at Chili's. <laughs> you can also now try the Rookie Big Board for free. Click the link in the episode description to join the free version of our Discord where you can get trade help, roster advice, and mix it up with our community of over 250 fantasy football sickos. You won't regret it one bit. All right, let's get to the the meat and potatoes, the fun stuff here. Let's start with quarterback. We know we'll skip the uh, we'll skip Caleb Williams for now. All right, let's go there to. You. Would you rather have Drake May or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow's so- found his footing a little bit, you know. The, Joe Cool's back, but uh, Drake May or Joe Burrow for you? So just to do a little uh, prefacing here, the the goal of this exercise, we're comparing players on the rookie big board that are next to each other in value. So with the rookie big board, right, you can go on there and there's a tab that combines Dynasty, Devi, and the incoming rookie class. So we're kind of taking the approach of like, a middling franchise, right? We're not going to do the, well, if you rebuilding, I'll take this guy. It's a middling, you know, franchise. You're, let's say the sixth seed of the playoffs, right? You're, you're sneaking into the playoffs. You know, which one of these guys do you want long-term? So that's, you know, just a little bit of preface there. Uh, and again, you know, patreon.com slash rookie big board. You could just go look at these yourself. But uh, it because I set up the, the preface, Anthony, I'm going to make you answer first. All right, I like May, um, but I'm still gonna take Joe Burrow over him. I like. I think May answered some questions this year. I think he's 
locked in as QB2 in this class. Because even, even though there's this weird thing, we're getting to the point where people are starting to poke holes in Caleb. I don't know if you've seen this start to happen. Oh, yes. People are oh, yes. trying, to, trying to, you know, throw some stones there. I do think May is locked in as the quarterback two in the class, but Burrow is still kind of a pretty clear-cut top dynasty quarterback for me. Um, still falls kind of in that top five. I think May will probably be treated like a fringe QB one for me in his rookie season. Uh, but Burrow is still locked in as an elite asset for me. I, I wouldn't hate. I Like, I can see the process to May over Burrow, but it's still pretty easily Burrow for me. Yeah, I think like today on November 8th, when you're listening to this podcast episode, I think the answer is Burrow, despite the fact that we've had the the slow start to the season, right, in the injuries. And, you know, he hasn't been peak Burrow. Uh, they are next to each other right now on the combined rookie big board rankings. Joe Burrow's quarterback eight, Drake May's quarterback nine. Um, but there is a teardrop in between those two guys. So for me, Burrow is much closer to Trevor Lawrence, Caleb Williams right now where Drake May is closer to C.J. Stroud, Tua. That's kind of where I have these guys. You know, I think for me, like, as you alluded to, Anthony, like, we've gotten to the point now with May where he's the one with hype building, right? Like, you have Dean Brugler putting him as the QB1. And, you know, it's not just all hype. I had some reservations with May going into the season. It was mechanical-based. And I haven't done his full film review because I'm 15 wide receivers deep in draft evaluations, <laughs> quarterback positions next. Um, but from what I've seen live, his mechanics have improved, specifically his footwork. And that's what I needed to see improvement for in his game, because when his footwork was off in the past, that's when his accuracy really dropped off. So I do think May is going to continue building in hype. So the answer for me might be different in March, like in just just in terms of pure value. I think Drake May could get that level of hype, but I think for now the right answer is Burrow. You know, I, I, we're trying to like equate all of these to like what the rookie draft pick might be, right? I think Drake May is a locked in top three super flex, top four at the lowest super flex, um, you know, rookie draft selection and you know, Joe Burrow is going to be going for more than an early first right now. So it it probably feels about right to have Burrow slightly ahead of Drake May at this point. Yeah, I agree. Would you, uh, would you take uh, Tua over May? Or is that, is that the sweet spot? That's like the line probably it's, it's right around there. I was going to ask, do you have, would you have Stroud over or below May? Above or below? (sighs) Technically, technically I have may higher right now, but okay. I haven't, I haven't actually boosted Stroud in the rookie big board rating um, mm. since he started the season because I had high expectations for him, but he's exceeded those. So yeah. I think in the next round of the dynasty update, they'll probably be a little bit closer, but technically I would say may right now. That ah, doesn't feel good. <laughs> doesn't feel good. To say. <laughs> those are the fun ones when you got to say them and they don't feel good. <laughs> All right, I got to give you one to start with that this is the most exciting one on maybe on the list to me. Marvin Harrison Jr. or A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, you know, he comes back down to earth this past week. He didn't have 125 yards or whatever it was, only like a paltry, you know, 70 yards and a score or something like that, but he's been absolutely on fire. Marvin Harrison Jr. or A.J. Brown for you? Who you got? Yeah, I got my first share of A.J. Brown in a while. I, I traded for a midseason. 
I was very happy about that because it just doesn't feel good to not have AJ Brown exposure. <laughs> uh, that being said, the answer for me is easily Marvin Harrison Jr. Only easily, two, easily, only two wide receivers I'm taking at this point in time over Marvin Harrison Jr. in a dynasty context. It's Justin Jefferson and it's Jamar Chase. And if you want to argue with me about Jamar Chase, I'm, I'm willing to have that conversation. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., man, he is the full package. We're talking about top three NFL draft capital, uh, athleticism, uh, ball tracking ability, playmaking ability, uh, just great route running smooth. I mean, he's the whole package, man. He's fast. He's got the size. I think that there will be a legitimate conversation. I'm not saying I would do it, but I'm I'm just saying there's a legitimate conversation to be had in Superflex rookie drafts this upcoming year that if you wanted to take Marvin Harrison Jr. over one of the two quarterbacks, Drake May and or Caleb Williams, there's a conversation to be had in terms of just the floor that his value will come with uh, relative to the inherent risk that you get anytime you draft a quarterback. This is one that I, this is like when you say it, like you just said, you say it and you don't feel good about it. Cause I want to say AJ Brown, like with every, every bit of my heart and brain wants to say AJ Brown, but I don't think it's actually AJ Brown. <laughs> like I, I don't think it's AJ Brown. I want it to be very badly because AJ Brown is terrific. He's a great, he's a terrific football player who's been going absolutely nuclear all year. Um, and should continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But I agree with everything he said that Marv is the he's the total package. He's the real deal. He's the the type of talent that if there wasn't such demand and so many teams that needed quarterbacks, we'd probably be hearing talk about Marvin Harrison being the first overall pick in the draft. I don't care about you know position need and all that. He's maybe the best football player in the entire draft. He's a he's a different kind of player, like a clear cut, far and away the top option in his draft class. Um, AJ yeah, Brown I mean, is. he's at what, like at worst, what, as soon as he gets drafted, he's at worst, the top five dynasty wide receiver, like, well, and people will have him say, free, right? like, so like AJ Brown right now is PPR wide receiver two overall. Yeah. Is he a first round dynasty startup pick next year? AJ Brown. I don't think so. I really don't. I think he's like an, maybe like an early second, like right after the turn, you know, yeah. like 202, 203, something like that. I don't think he goes round one, though, because I think the quarterbacks go. Bijan probably goes. At least Jeff, uh, Jefferson and Chase go. So that's what? Eight players right there. Or like yeah. you probably get six quarterbacks locked into the top six. So you're and at I nine think- players. I don't think he goes, man, because other quarterbacks will go to round out the back of round right. one. But I think depending on the landing spot, I think I think Harrison Jr. could be a first-round dynasty startup pick next year. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I think not that it's obviously not the same position or anything, but it'll be kind of like Bijan was. Like, right. you're not going to get any, like, potential rookie discount in him. Like, we, everybody knows. Like, Marvin Harrison Jr. is great, yeah. just like Bijan was great. If you want him, you're paying like I think I think absolutely like more often than not I think we'll see him go around one in startups after he gets drafted so like it doesn't feel good to say like the PPR (laughs) wide receiver two isn't the one we're picking but like I think we're just looking forward (laughs) yeah I think it's just really realistic 
Yeah, yeah. It's it feels crazy to say, but yeah, I don't I don't hate it one bit. And like I said, I think it's hard to put him outside the top five. Like even if you don't have him three or four, if you like whoever AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, CD Lamb, and you want to defer to some of the veterans, it's tough to imagine any way that or any world where he's not a top five dynasty wide receiver. Like the second his name gets called at the NFL draft. And for anyone who thinks we're being uh, hyperbolic here or just like leaning way too into the rookies, right? Jordan Addison, uh, my wide receiver one from last year, he's currently PPR wide receiver 12. And he's had a good season, but he hasn't had like a crazy season, right? Like Marvin He's kind of had like the, the Garrett Wilson season last year. Yeah, like a it's little better, really but... good. I'm very happy with it. But it's not like what Jamar Chase did as a rookie. And like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be much closer to what Jamar Chase did as a rookie, just in terms of being that like X boundary, big man, Mm -hmm. touchdown. I mean, like it's there's opportunity here, folks. Like the the landscape is open for him to come in and and kind of smash right off the bat. I mean, like the guys that are producing above him, right above, you know, Jordan Addison, like Keenan Allen. Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, like these guys, these guys aren't going to do it again next year. You know, Adam Thielen, shout out Adam Thielen, Alan Thielen, uh, Adam Thielen, PPR wide receiver eight right now. And I did Adam not throw under the bus Thielen. PPR wide receiver five right now. Who's Puka Nakua. People forget. People forget. People forget. We don't forget. Pepperidge Farmer members. But uh, all right, we got to show some love. To the tight ends. This is a tight end podcast. I don't know if you know that. We're pro tight end here. Yeah, uh, this one's for Eric because Eric's on the IR tonight. Eric, so we gave him tight ends. We gave him tight ends. One Brock Bowers or Baltimore Ravens stud tight end Mark Andrews. I, I'll, I'll let me tell you, people will think we are leaning into the rookies, but it is Brock Bowers every day of the week. Twice on Sunday, it's Brock Bowers. It is. It is. It's. It feels crazy. Like I feel crazy a little bit saying it out loud because Mark Andrews, great, but Brock Bowers is different, man. Brock Bowers is what everybody is still hoping Kyle Pitts can turn back into. <laughs> Brock Brock Bowers. I just need folks to understand is not Kyle Pitts. Like I just because. You may have been burned by Kyle Pitts. Not if you're a, a, a loyal listener of this podcast, because we were we uh, we were not the leaders of the Kyle Pitts hype train. But people were burned on Kyle Pitts, and I think it might drop Brock Bowers' ADP. It shouldn't. Brock Bowers is a more complete tight end prospect. He's a better pass catcher. He's a much much better blocker, and probably he won't go to the Atlanta Falcons. Probably. <laughs> Imagine if they took him. <laughs> I would, oh, that would know, be crazy. It wouldn't shock me. And one thing that I, I, I want to get ahead of on Brock Bowers, I don't think Brock Bowers, what, what was Kyle Pitts? Like the fourth overall pick or something, right? Yeah, um, I think four. Yeah, I, I don't think Brock Bowers is going to go in that range just because if nothing else, you're going to have two quarterbacks and a wide receiver probably going off the board top three. And then that's going to naturally push up edge and offensive tackle just kind of as those natural priority positions and corner. So Brock Bowers may fall to the middle of the first, but that could be better, right? Like you look at Washington, like, so if the draft happened today, Washington at 12, Indianapolis at 13. That's um, the one. 
Right. Like there's, there's opportunity for these guys who, you know, uh, the chargers at 17, you know, it could be better if he slides a little bit, right. Instead of landing, uh, you know, a little bit like Denver at nine or something or, or Tampa Bay at eight, like more scary fantasy situations where I yeah. at 11. Man, if he lands in Indy or uh, with the Chargers, I am not going to be able to contain the hype. He, I hope that people push him down like and let him fall a little bit further in rookie drafts because they're scared off on the Kyle Pitts thing. Anything outside, like the t- he should be going in the top and tight end premium formats, the top four, five. Four. Like, and if he falls below four, you it's a steal. <laughs> you, you do whatever you need to to get to that fifth pick. House like, money, trade. you did it, you won the game. Like, <laughs> he's that good. <laughs> the, the thing I will say, like, so Brock Bowers and Mark Andrews are technically tied in rookie big board rating right now for me, but the reason that I would give Brock Bowers the tiebreaker is because of Sam Laporta. Like, the Mm. amount of energy and enthusiasm that the Dynasty community has given Sam Laporta, who who we liked, who we liked a ton, right? Um, But the energy they have given Sam Laporta, like, they're they're ready to crown him tight end, too. And so if they're ready to have Sam Laporta jump Mark Andrews, folks, I cannot wait until you meet Brock Bowers. Like, it's going to be something for you to behold. Yes, yes, that is absolutely true, fair and accurate. Uh, let's talk. I thought this one was interesting too. And I'm just reading it, and I'm already like uncertain of myself. Keon Coleman lighting the world on fire this year, Florida State, or T Higgins, the uh, you know, a little bit of an uncertain future there for T. It's not been the best year. Um, for anybody in a Bengals uniform, you know, things look to be rounding a little bit more back into form, but this is a really, it's a really difficult one for me. Yeah. Keon Coleman, we're probably looking at him, you know, if you're talking about rookie value, I think mid, mid first round is probably when he goes off the board, um, you know, one Oh five, six, seven, it's going to really depend, I think, on, on NFL draft capital. But mm-hmm. I think we could see Keon Coleman go top 10, top 15, uh, top 20 feels like the floor. I mean, this yeah. guy is 6'4". He's fast. He's got great vertical ability. The he vertical is super athletic. Is he nuts. played basketball. I can't wait to see the jump. Yeah, he played basketball for Michigan State. And yeah, he wasn't like really playing basketball. But he <laughs> hey, was, but he was still there. Coached by Tom Izzo. Like, that's a that's good, folks. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> like legitimate two sport athlete. So, um, I, I purposely picked T Higgins because I, you know, we're we're talking similar like boundary profile. Mm-hmm. You know, with with Higgins now we have the question mark: Is he going to be a Bengal long term? Maybe that's better for him long term. But he's kind of benefited from not being the X guy in his offense. There's a lot of uncertainty, I think, around T. Higgins' draft stock. So I guess the question is, would you rather have a mid to late first round pick in 2024 or T. Higgins? Kind of feels like you'd rather have the pick. You'd rather have Keon Coleman. A little, yeah. Because The part that makes me so conflicted about T. Higgins is love the player, 
the uncertainty though, like you hit it right on the head because the easy like path to see is, oh, well, they he won't stay there, right? Maybe they tag and trade him or something. They have to extend Jamar, et cetera, et cetera. But is that really better? Like, <laughs> I, I, I know that we want that to be, but is it better to not play with Joe Burrow and across from one of the best wide receivers in football and pretty much never see double coverage, you know, because Jamar gets all of it? Um, and that's not to say that T. Higgins can't go be a team's number one wide receiver. Like, I think he can. Right. I just think that, like, who's number one wide receiver is what makes right. that scary. Um, well, like, what's in the box, right? It could be anything. Yeah, it could be it anything. Could it could be even be Tim. <laughs> I think when you put it in the context of what I rather have a mid first round pick or T. Higgins, I would rather have the mid first round pick. Yeah, um, I think so. And and I hope that's like one of the, I hope one of the takeaways from this episode isn't just that we love the 2024 rookie class. It's like, this is the value of the 2024 rookie class, yeah. right? And I'm I'm really like I'm not being that hype guy. Like go back to 2023. I didn't do the unnecessary hype when it wasn't there. Like folks, it's looking good. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a, a fun class. And it does feel crazy to like these are big names, you know, established names in the NFL and in dynasty leagues where we're talking about a lot of incoming rookies that we would you know prefer to have. But from a value perspective, like. I, there's uncertainty with T Higgins is, is the point. It's not, you know, locked and loaded. He's going to be a surefire bona fide wide receiver one. Um, and I think Keon Coleman could be that. Yeah, he could be that. I agree. All right. Let's, uh, let's hit some running backs. Travion Henderson from Ohio state. Who feels like is back to picking up some steam here. Uh, or Zach Charbonnet long time. Look, <laughs> Now, be careful. This is your brand, okay? You made, you made this brand. Rookie Big Board, Charbonnet, all of it. We got to defer to you, Charbonnet or Henderson. You know, I put this one on the show sheet, and then as soon as we started the episode, I was like, I hope he skips it. <laughs> I hope he ah, just, yes. <laughs> I hope he just dodges this one. I think, I think this is the one where I'm going to go with the, with the current dynasty asset, I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet. And I know he hasn't necessarily had the best rookie season, right? But uh, prior to playing the Ravens this past week, he had outsnapped Walker. You know, he had gotten his, I think the argument with Zach Charbonnet the whole way through, right? Was he's very talented. And if Walker misses time at any stretch, all of a sudden he can be a league winner type player. I still think we're there on Shark on Zach Charbonnet. And the the 2024 uh running back class, that's that's where the weakness is. So we have a really, really strong wide receiver class. We have a good, a really you know, solid quarterback class, good tight end class in terms of the top of the class. The running backs, man, you tell me. Like the the jury is out, and the running back group that will have a lot of value change over the next couple months. So you could run this episode back in two months and say that it, it was ridiculous to keep Zach Charbonnet over Travion Henderson, but these guys are close to each other on the rookie big board. But Zach Charbonnet is just a little bit above, just a little bit above. 
Yeah, this is a tricky one. Um, from like a if you boil if you want to boil it down to just like talent, I think it's super even, right? Like I think that the talent Henderson has is high level talent. We all thought highly of Charbonnet. Everybody on this podcast feed spoke highly of him for however many months ahead of the draft. And I think Henderson could be a really good player in the NFL, but I do worry about, you know, some of the inconsistencies, a lot of nagging injuries. It's now been a couple of years since like the big freshman year and it was great. And it, you know, injuries suck, but they're part of the game. And I know that he's picking up some steam here again. You know, it seems like the name's getting hot again. People are, some people are warming back up to him as RB1. The running back class is not great. Um, <laughs> it's, there's good players, but, you know, there's no Bijan. There never is, you know, every, once every whatever, five, six years. The depth is definitely in the wide receiver class, which I think will present some good, like, sneaky running back value in round two of rookie drafts. Um, it's a long way to say that, like, oh, I get, I guess it, it's Charbonnet. It's Charbonnet. That I guess it's Charbonnet, but I guess it could change a little bit or come a little closer. Like, I know it's draft a, time. This is a tough um, one, right? It is, it is, but part of it has to go into like Charbonnet's a buy for me everywhere. Yeah. What you said, like, he outsnapped Walker, I think, two weeks in a row. Um, I'm not leaving Kenneth Walker for dead, but I, I think by the end of the year, we see Charbonnet with a bigger role in that backfield where it's more of an even kind of split than it was early on in the season. Um, yeah, this one I'll take Charbonnet too. It's close, but man, I don't know. I maybe it's just me, but I get scared off with just the full picture of Travion Henderson. Really yeah, fun player, I, but it's, I think, it's concerning. Yeah, I think the takeaway from this conversation, right, is there's a legitimate chance Travion Henderson is the running back one from this class. But there's also a very legitimate chance that the first running back taken off the board in your draft goes pick 9, 10, 11. Like, it's not going to be a prioritized position. And so Zach Charbonnet probably went in the back end of the first round of your drafts last year, right? Or early second round of your drafts. So we're kind of looking at a similar ADP range, despite the fact that Charbonnet was the running back three or four last year compared to the potential running back one or two. Now. It's really going to depend, I think, on draft capital because if you get good draft capital for a running back, no matter what, folks will lose their mind yep. and they will draft them way too high looking at you, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, right? <laughs> so, like, this all could change, but, you know, the rookie, uh, the, the NFL mock draft episode I did earlier in the week on this feed, right? I took Travion Henderson as the first running back at pick 50 to the Packers, which I think would be a good landing spot, but, like, mm -hmm. I just don't know that NFL teams are going to take more than one or maybe two of these guys with the top 50 picks and that's coveted draft capital, right? So most mm -hmm. of these guys probably going to be in a rotation. Most of these guys probably are going to end up in the same spot that we have Zach Charbonnet right now, where it's like, well, if the first guy goes down, then he could, he could, you know, be a league winner, but it's a tough landscape out there for the running back position. And this 2024 class, it ain't going to help. It will not. Uh, I don't expect we'll see a one go in the first round. And I, like you said, 50, you know, 45, 50, somewhere around there feels like where we might start seeing them come off the board. And Henderson definitely feels better there than he does in round one. But 
who even knows if it'll be him, you know, by the time it all. We don't know. Yeah. And people have left, you know, people left Braylon Allen for dead. I didn't put him on the show sheet here. I still like Braylon Allen. You know, we got to, we got to put him under the microscope, of course, but like Braylon Allen ain't done yet. Mm -mm. So there's, there's a lot to be determined. Let's, uh, we'll do one more running back before we close out with a couple of these other guys. Cause we got to, it would be, I'd be remiss to not bring up Devin Neal on this podcast. I knew you'd go there. (laughs) I knew you'd go there. I love Devin Neal so much. Devin Neal or Nick Chubb. And I'll be honest with you. I I think I'm just mostly out on Nick Chubb. Well, it hurts. Yeah. Uh. And I don't want to sound like, uh, like I've, I've always liked Nick Chubb, but I've always said he's a player that in any league that I'm in, the odds of me rostering him are probably very low because there'll always be somebody that likes Nick Chubb more than me. And like, not that that's a bad thing, terrific player, but just can never get him right at the right spot for me. Always goes a little bit too early. Can never grab hold of him. Now with another big injury, it sucks, but it's kind of the same thing. Like there'll be somebody else that's willing to roll the dice on Nick Chubb, but it's not going to be me. Um, And I will roll the dice on Devin Neal, who I think in a murky running back class really should be the player, one of the players that we're hyping from it. Like, I think he's an exciting player that can do a little bit of everything. Um, And if he played at a different program, I think we'd be getting a lot more hype than he is right now. Uh, He's a really good player who I think Devin Neal goes on day two. I think he really should go on day two. I don't think he makes it out of day two. And as long as that happens, I'll, probably be content with Devin Neal over Nick Chubb. Yeah, man. Devin Neal, 5'11", 210 out of Kansas, smooth runner, gets off the line of scrimmage well, beats defenders to the edge, sharp footwork, really elusive in a phone booth, like can really break guys in that tight space and good physical lower body runner, you know, good at the goal line. I think he's just really versatile. And like you said, man, if he wasn't playing at Kansas, we'd be talking about him a lot more. And he's playing at Kansas. He is, you know, really the the offense has been put on his back, dude. These yeah. you watch these these defenses, dude. They know he's running the ball. They put eight, nine guys in the box. He still goes over a hundred yards. I think he's the best running back that you know the the overall consensus community is not talking about. Day two locked in uh, for me on his draft capital. So for me, the you know Devin Neal, I would say. Right now, most folks would probably think he's a late second. I think he's going to end up being an early to mid-second round rookie pick at the latest. So would you rather have that or Nick Chubb? Ah, oh, it feels it feels so bad to say it. But mm-hmm. The answer is Devin Neal. The answer is that early second round pick because uh, when he's healthy, Nick Chubb is the best pure runner in the NFL. But we have this major injury. And I don't want to just write him off, but the age cliff was also there, right? Like, yep. You know, it, as much as it hurts, the the worst position you want to be in, in in a dynasty league is holding holding the bag on an aging running back, right? We've learned that lesson over and over and over again. So I, I think the answer here uh, is Devin Neal. Yeah, I agree. Just kind of the nature of the position, which sucks. And I hope Nick Chubb makes a full recovery and goes back to setting the world on fire. Uh, but yeah, you just you can't get stuck. If you can get out for what equates to Devin Neal, you got to do it. 
You yeah. gotta do it. I've been trying to sell, like I had Nick Chubb on a lot of contenders. I've been trying to sell him. I haven't been able to get anything I want back for him. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I, Cause I wouldn't buy him now if, unless it was dirt cheap, like right. you know, disrespectful cheap and nobody's yeah. going to sell for that, nor should they. <clears throat> All right. Let's My do, league uh, mates won't. I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> let's squeeze two more in here. Cause I want to hit JJ McCarthy or Dak Prescott. That's an interesting one. That yeah. is like, right on the money because nobody knows what to do with Dak anymore. I feel like, <laughs> don't you feel like the narrative on Dak has changed like three times just this season? Like early on, it was like, Dak sucks. He's um, Dak's terrible. McCarthy's terrible. McCarthy's not great, but I don't think Dak is bad. Like he's still, he's still being productive. But it's uh, it's uh, wild it's... how quickly, uh, like how quickly, your feelings on Dak Prescott will change when you look at the the landscape and you're like, wow, some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now for fantasy are Sam Howell, Josh Dobbs, Jared Goff, Brock. But you're like, you know what? Maybe Dak wasn't cooked after all, right? Yeah. Like, I'm in a super flex league and, and you know, Dak Prescott all of a sudden is incredibly valuable. Um, yep. And I, I think for that purpose, if, you know, I know we said we weren't doing the rebuilding thing here, but if you were rebuilding, now is the time to move on from Dak, even in a super flex league, because he's just a premium value. But for me, you know, this JJ's on this sheet because uh, he's my QB three. I'm higher than consensus on JJ. I would take him over Dak. They're right. They're literally side by side on the rookie big board right now. Uh, I think McCarthy is the best mechanical foundation of any quarterback in this class. I think he has more arm talent and more athleticism and mobility than folks are willing to give him credit for. And here's the thing, like it's going to come down for JJ to how he plays against Penn state, Ohio state, and in the playoff game that they're most likely in big 10 championship game. They're most likely playing it. Right. Because the only knock on him, the only knock that folks have found is that they haven't played super tough competition. Well, guess he's still going week in and week out against big 10 defenses. Like, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Michigan makes them look silly. Right. So I'm in on, on JJ McCarthy. I, I've been in on him and I would continue uh, pushing him, uh, you know, even over a guy like Dak at this point. This one is also tricky for me. It's like the perfect line. Like I, when McCarthy gets drafted, I would bet that I have him slotted into rankings right in that Dak kind of group, like low end QB one, high end QB two. I like McCarthy a lot. I agree with you. I think he's QB three in the class. Um, I think consensus or, you know, maybe not consensus, but I think other people will catch up to that eventually. Um, but I agree if he, you know, balls out in the playoff or uh, the big Ten championship game, we'll see it start to catch up with what, you know, we've started to been talking about uh, with him right now. It's, it's honestly like a coin flip. I probably take Dak. Uh, I agree with what you said though. If we, put context and like make it a little more nuanced and rebuilding. Yeah. I'm, I'll ship Dak for JJ McCarthy and probably try and squeeze another piece out of it. But um, yeah, it's super even I'll take Dak right now, but it's close. Very close. Let's uh, I, I'd hate to end the pod without talking Malik neighbors. So real quick before we wrap Malik neighbors, LSU wide receiver, the good LSU wide receiver. Forget everybody who talked about Keishon Butte last season. We're talking about Malik Neighbors this season or current 
disgruntled Raiders wide receiver, future New York Jets wide receiver, uh, Devontae Adams. What do we what do we think there? Yeah, this <laughs> one's another one of those tough ones. Uh, you know, I've got a good amount of Devontae Adams, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel good right now. Um, I, I think for Devontae Adams, you're you're hoping that he gets traded and moves to a different situation, uh, which isn't exactly where you want to be with your fantasy player, right? Um, and I don't think the quarterback situation is going to magically get better, right? Unless, you know, Tom Brady pulls a Jackie Moon and decides to suit him for, for <laughs> team next year. So I I think the answer here is Malik Neighbors. And, and I think it, it's really more about Malik Neighbors uh, than it is necessarily Devontae Adams. I mean, Neighbors, man, he is super smooth. He's got a, a really great release off the line of scrimmage. He's explosive through his routes. Sharp footwork, physical hands. He separates consistently. A great vertical ability. I, I think with neighbors, the the hope the hope is that he gets put in a flanker role, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that he could go uh, top ten, top fifteen in the NFL draft as well. I think it's going to be between him and Keon Coleman in terms of who goes uh, for our second, I should say, from the wide receiver position. So uh, you're going to be looking at him, I think, as a mid. First round pick, 106, 107, 108. I think most people would take the 106, 107 over Devontae Adams right now, right? Yeah, I would. And I agree. It's a testament to neighbors and the talent he is. Uh, I think it doesn't feel great to have Devontae right now, and you're definitely hoping for a, a change next season. I think he could still be a productive player next season. But again, it's like the the uncertainty factor, like we said with T. Higgins, and the fact that neighbors is a legitimate, you know, a legitimate high-end wide receiver talent, like wide receiver one in plenty of draft classes. Like if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't yeah, exist, yeah. the far and away wide receiver one for me, because I, neighbors is wide receiver two and it ain't changing. Like right, yeah. right at an ink. Malik neighbors is the second best wide receiver in this class. Um, so we'd yeah, be talking you, about him like right where we were talking about JSN and Addison last year, yep, like right absolutely. in that same point. And JSN, or I'm sorry, and Addison, who was the wide receiver one for the rookie big board, like we said earlier, wide receiver 12. So like neighbors very legitimately could come in and be a, a wide receiver one overall in scoring his rookie season. Yeah, I don't disagree one bit. All right, well, that's going to do it. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Thank you to Matt for, uh, you know, we called in, called in the reliever, called in the... Uh, Called in the top dog here to help us out on a day we were short-staffed. But if you haven't already, do us a favor. Leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you're using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the Rookie Big Board action. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Later, taters. (laughs) I was going to do it.